Our scripture reading for this morning comes from the 19th chapter of the book of Proverbs. Prepare your heart and mind for the reading of this holy text. The human mind may devise many plans, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will be established. What is desirable in a person is loyalty, and it is better to be poor than a liar. The fear of the Lord is life indeed. Filled with it, one rests secure and suffers no harm. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, many of us can remember exactly where we were on September 11th, 2001. Uh, I remember it was a Tuesday and Tracy had taken Drew to daycare. He was almost two, about two months shy of two years old. And, and my routine back then was uh, when, I, when I had a moment in the morning, I would generally turn on the Today Show and with a toddler and being a youth director, having a few moments to just sit down and catch up with the world well, was lots of fun. But this day, it was different right off the bat. You could see the tower burning. And, and then they were kind of speculating what had happened, maybe a prop plane or something like that, but it wasn't long before that second plane hit the World Trade Center and we all knew that we were in for a different day, that something horrible was happening. I called Tracy and we kind of talked about, do we go and pick up Drew and bring him back home? We ultimately decided to go about our day and I felt like I would be needed at church and boy was I right. <laughs> And so I went on to the church. And one of the things I remember about that first week is how our country came together. There was no longer black or white. There was no longer Republicans or Democrats. We were just people. We were people who were hurting and churches were filled with people mourning and praying about this unimaginable evil that they had experienced. You know, today we come to close our sermon series called Undistracted, and we've been talking about things that take our focus off of being who the people God has created us to be. You know, through this series, we've talked about uh, having a focused attitude. Uh, we've talked about serving others and having authentic relationships. And last week, we talked about our faith. And today, we close with talking about one of the most important parts, having a focused purpose. And isn't that life's most intricate question? Why do we exist? What is our purpose? As Jesus followers, we understand that our purpose is to be like Jesus. However, life distracts us from that and keeps us from following in his footsteps. We get distracted from being where our feet are, as Bob Goff in his book would say. Do you know what I mean by that being where your feet are? This 
uh, I guess it was Thursday night, we uh, went to the Pelham High School football game, which has been a ritual of ours for a long time, because we have two kids, both in band, and they're six years apart. Hannah's 16, and she's in the front ensemble in the Pelham High School band, and my son, who's 22, about to turn 23, is on their visual staff and helps them and works with them in the afternoon, and he texts for them. And we were in line to get food, Tracy and I, and he came up behind us and we began talking. And if, if you know Drew and haven't seen him in a while, he has a pretty big beard, not like full man beard because Mercers can't grow facial hair, but he has a pretty good beard and it was getting a little, you know, wily, is that the word to say? And and, you know, we were kind of poking fun at him, but then the band, some of the kids in the band, the high school band, started making fun of him. And teenagers will make fun of you in an accurate way. And so he decided to trim it. Well, at halftime, we're on the field uh, after halftime, after the show, we're talking to him. And I go, you trimmed your beard. And Tracy and Drew had this look on their face like I had lost my mind. And they said, we talked about that in line at the concession stand. I was not where my feet were. I was there, but I wasn't there. You know, we live in quite possibly one of the most distracted times in human history. We're connected to our phones 24 seven. We can watch our news channel of choice all day long if we want to, you know, and we are shown through our social media feeds and, and the, the places we consume our information, we're shown things that we already believe to be true about the world. And these echo chambers just make it even more distracting for us to figure out where God is working in the world. They make us make, may I say, foolish decisions. You know, consuming information this way in, in just one way of viewing the world makes our purpose of following Jesus so complicated. You know, together, this, this scripture we read today from the, the book of Proverbs. Uh, it is called um, wisdom literature. It is literature to help us know how to be and act in the world. Uh, it's a guidebook, if you will, will, for how to be wise in the world. Proverbs talks a lot about secular things. Proverbs talks a lot about what's going on in the world. In their world, God was intricately involved in everything. You know, our cultural view for many of us is that we have our church religious world and we have our world that is of our culture. And sometimes the two just don't connect. But in their world, in the ancient world, everything was connected. They had proverbs on how to wash your pots and pans. 
you know, on, on do I step on a worm? <laughs> you know, they have Proverbs on how we invest our resources. God made and cares for everything, and everything was sacred in their world. Now, this wisdom literature, as it's called, is Psalms, Ecclesiastes, and Proverbs. Now, you can see it in other places in the Bible, but especially in these three texts. Wisdom is described as sound judgment, common sense, good counsel, and understanding and being in the upright way. Now, wisdom in the Bible, bear with me for just a moment, let's call it a capital W, is wisdom in the Bible, was much different than what we think of wisdom, let's say a lowercase w, in our culture today. Wisdom was more than just making a good decision. Wisdom was more than knowledge gained in old age. Wisdom was more than sophistication and philosophy. Wisdom in the Bible, the big W, is an animating quality of God. And sometimes that quality just doesn't make sense. Think of Jesus. Turn the other cheek. If someone steals your coat, give him your cloak as well. That wisdom, if we can find ourselves and make ourselves undistracted from the chaos of life, then we're more likely to follow God's purposes than our own. Now, in the text that Maggie read for us, uh, just like a lot of other verses in Proverbs, it talks about the human condition, okay? The human responsibility. Uh, am I responsible for what happens or is God ultimately responsible for what happens? This was a theological debate in ancient times and it's still a theological debate for us today. The people in the ancient world could not agree on it, and neither can we. I mean, think about it. Do I choose to be overweight? Do I choose to be late? Do I choose to have a relationship with God, or does God choose me? Do I really choose my purpose? The answer, like so many things when it comes to life, is complicated. It's yes, and it's no. As people, we make a thousands of choices each and every day. The, the very first week of this sermon series, uh, I brought out that researchers show that, that we humans make 35,000 decisions each and every day. 35,000. Some of them are really good decisions and help us bring health and happiness. And some of them are really bad decisions that bring anxiety and hurt. And some of them are unimaginable decisions that hurt other people. Now, 
as a United Methodist, I believe that God gives us the freedom to make decisions. That's who we are as a people. We believe in free will. Yet I also believe that God is ultimately in control of eternal things. God in his capital W wisdom, which doesn't always make sense to us, gives us the freedom to make our own decisions. Which means sometimes God's will is not done. Sometimes people get hurt. Sometimes terrorism happens. But God is far too interested in us to just manipulate us. God's purpose is to love us. Uh, If we're really going to do the hard work of following God and being undistracted in God's purpose, if we are gonna do that hard work, it's gonna take time. Transformation doesn't happen overnight. It takes small, intentional decisions done over time to create real change. And this proverb has some great nuggets for us to see how we can begin to follow God's purpose for our life as people and also as a church starting right now, starting today. Let's look at verse 21. The human mind may devise many plans, but it's the purpose of the Lord that will be established. We need to focus on God's intentions. We humans would rather gravitate toward the world than the things of God. We even wrap up our entire Christian identity into our culture rather than God and God's purposes. And when we wrap it up into a culture instead of letting God lead us, then we become one of those places that say, you have to think this way and act this way and look like this in order to be included as in. And we know that Jesus doesn't work that way. Jesus works in faith, in hope, in love, not in fear, power, or control. What's the main thing that keeps us from focusing on what God wants us to do? It's the noise of life. One of the things that I think we can do starting right now is to become people who meditate and pray. You know, meditation and prayer is a great practice. It's practice uh, for our uh, attention muscles, if you will. It trains you to focus on one thing rather than the thousands of other things that surrounds our life. And if you're not a person who prays and spends time with God regularly, you don't have to overcomplicate it. Just take three minutes every day, three minutes, set a timer, and spend it with God every day in prayer and meditation. You'll find that soon it'll be five minutes, then 10 minutes, and if you keep at it, you'll be doing it for 20 minutes at a time. We can live undistracted when we focus on God's intentions 
and we focus on truth. Verse 22 says this, what is desirable in a person is loyalty, and it's better to be poor than a liar. Honesty is simply being truthful, not lying. You know, our culture today, we've become okay with people lying to us. We've become okay with the ends justifies the means. As long as we can get our way, it's okay to be a little shady in how we do it. People, we need to stop that. Jesus said that I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Phil Vischer from VeggieTales fame said this last week on his podcast. He said that we cannot abandon the way of Jesus in order to fulfill the way of Jesus. Honesty is a direct reflection of who we are as people. And saying that we need to be honest is pretty simple, but it it surely isn't easy. Life doesn't give us easy situations, does it? And sometimes we need to focus on God instead of winning. Too much of the time, winning is the point rather than people being the point. We can become more who God wants us to be when we focus on his intentions and we focus on honesty and then we focus on love. Verse 23, the fear of the Lord is life indeed. Filled with it, one rests secure and suffers no harm. I said a little bit earlier that God chooses to let us make our own decisions. That means he's interested in us loving each other rather than manipulating us. Love is what gives us the ability to truly embrace God's purpose for our life, which is to live like Jesus. You know, I love it when uh, secular research and psychology just backs up the Holy Scriptures. That's always fun. And, And there's research that shows that love, the practice of love, actually increases the human's ability for happiness. Uh, When we give of of ourselves and do for others, we use a higher brain function, and it triggers neurochemical reactions in our brains. The result is positive emotions. God designed us to be happy. But seldom do we realize it. (laughs) Too often we chase after the things of the world instead of the things of God. Now living out our purpose isn't elusive, it isn't pie in the sky, it's within our reach and it's available to you and me right now. Next week we start a new sermon series called Like Jesus. And in this sermon series, we're going to talk about how we see like Jesus, how we listen like Jesus, how we speak like Jesus, and how we serve like Jesus so that we can truly love like Jesus. You know, one of the things uh, on the anniversary of 9-11 that we see a lot 
uh, on our social media feeds and, and other places is the, the, you know, never forget. Now, as, as a minister of the gospel, uh, I have struggled with that a little bit. Don't, don't cancel me yet. Hear me out. <laughs> as an American, we should never forget. We should never forget what happened on that day. The, the horror and the way it ripped people's lives apart. But as a Christian, as a minister of God, as a Jesus follower, I believe in amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved even me. We believe in grace. And so what I've tried to do on days like today is remember how we were together on that day how we came together as a group of people. But it didn't last very long, did it? You know, most people say that we're more divided than ever. I don't believe that's true, by the way, because if you read history, it was pretty rough in other parts of our history as a nation, as a group of people. But, but it sure does feel like that sometimes. But the problem was, is we were together around an unimaginable fear. I want to challenge Asbury to flip the script. We can't help what goes on in other places, but we can help what goes on here. We can be different. Instead of being together based on fear, let's be together based on an unimaginable love. The unimaginable love of Jesus Christ, who came and lived so that all may be new creations and new creatures. I think that could be a whole lot of fun. And I encourage us as a people to remember our purpose and be undistracted and live like Jesus. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you for this day. Help us to remain undistracted as we live and follow you. Through Jesus' name we pray, amen.